0: Alright, welcome back. Episode 46 of the Young Old Heads Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards. I'm here with my good friend, Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max, first off the line, high-tech edition. Max, how are you doing?
1: Complete set, Beckett 10 Gem Mint edition?
0: Gem Mint Plus?
1: Gem Mint Plus. I'm doing good. I guess we can just jump right into the meat of it because specific to beckett i have a really funny anecdote i don't think i told you tommy but maybe you saw me tweet about it um so okay i'm not going to beat this to a pulp but we know the beckett news that happened this past week this week there were two big shows the Mint collective in las vegas which is questionably ran by three different groups which we might raise an eyebrow to a little later As well as the Chantilly Virginia card show, which is more vintage oriented, a very, very big local show that some people will travel, will fly to, and a lot of people in that area drive to. I drove down from New York, but there's a lot of people I know from North Carolina that drive northern north to to Chantilly, Virginia. It's like 30 minutes outside of D.C. It's great. So I was at Chantilly. A lot of other people were at Mint, which is the big news B2B conference, whatever it may have you. Um, the day before the the day before Mint Collective begun over the Friday Saturday Sunday I think on Thursday or maybe Friday morning, um, Beckett's booth had a sign that said Beckett ten Gen mint with nine five nine five nine five nine five as a subgrades. This raised some controversy, questioning, "Oh, is Beckett going to announce that they're going to have a reslab or a new restructuring of their grading system?" And then the next day they did announce that. But then, revised it, saying that Beckett nine fives that were nine five nine five nine five ten or better can be reslabbed to become a Beckett ten, and all grades that were previously gem mint but not true gem plus would be mint plus. So, this happened over the course of like one or two days. So I want to say Saturday, at Chantilly, I sold my John Morant downtown, which as grinders of the podcast know longtime lovers of the podcast know it was a psa9 i bought off pwcc became a true gem plus beckett 95 and i sold it to a pair of individuals who paid strong on it but paid strong on the guys that they were intended to reslab it as a beckett 10 because it was true gem plus and then as we all know the following day Due to the vicious criticism that it got on this move, they said, we're sc- scrapping the idea. We are not restructuring our grading system. Min gems are gem mint, and everything below pristine is gem mint. Tommy, did you know that I'd had that little
0: move? So I did see the tweet about it. I did not know the card that was involved, the Ja Morant. So that's good, good background for me now. Um, insane that... Over the course of 24 hours, Beckett, a company that's been around for 30 plus years, um, half of which has been probably, you know, pure incompetence. I don't know much about Dr. Beckett, OG Dr. Beckett. I've heard good things about him. I know that Beckett is now a pretty clusterfuck of a company. So I'm not really surprised that they would want to launch they would walk back at an announcement like this really fast. I mean, the fact that you wouldn't like tease this out as like a potential thing without making official announcements um, before doing this, or like at least focus grouping this with like actual people that go to card shows and buy and sell cards on a, for a living, is a little insane to me. Um, Max, did was there? Did those people that buy that bought that card the John ran off you? Did they try to like? Did they try to like be like, "Yo, would you be down to give us two hundred dollars back because of this"? Or no, I, I think the
1: I think there's like a one day gap between the True Gem Plus news and them scrapping it news, and so I didn't see them that day at all. Even then, there's not much they could have done, and then there was no recent sales. We were just all basing it off of pre-gun comps that i've become familiar with dev you know knowing that the date is like that middle of february or something like that <laughs> there's your there's your pre-gun comps and then there's your post-gun comps <laughs> but we were dealing with pre-gun comps here and we they were paying like they were playing like a little bit under of like min gem pre-gun prices for my true gem and i'm like I have had this exact offer before pre-gun and I declined it. I can't let this go post-gun. I need to exit.
0: Uh, you have owned a lot of John Morant cards through the whole gun fiasco. I'm, I still own a big one. I'm hoping to see some playoff basketball action from him uh, that is on court only. So looking forward to you being able to liquidate John Morant's during playoff season, Max. Um I feel like the Beckett real quick just my two cents on how like how much bag fumbling was done by Beckett throughout its history. I mean, we're talking about a company that was synonymous with card prices, pretty much the sole um authority on the on the idea for a solid decade of the start of the industry basically as a mainstream thing. Um a company that never has adapted to the internet. Uh The internet being something that's been around now for what twenty five years, you know. I
1: don't even know what the internet is.
0: Something that like most companies that were around pre internet have tried to adapt to being an internet, you know, type of company. Beckett absolutely fumbled the bag every step of the way through the dot com boom, through everything, through BCCG, through their insanely terrible inventory system. Um, where they've gotten passed by companies like C when it comes to logistics and stuff. It's like, every, they had an advantage in pretty much all of the business sides of cards that wasn't distribution of the actual cards, and they fumbled the bag every step of the way. Um, no company has lost more wild cards have rose in popularity over the last five years. I've, I've heard numbers thrown around like 2014 being a year where their grading kind of started slipping, people stopped caring as much about submitting to them. Um, I know now they're absolutely trailing CSG as like, CSG is completely passed them by in terms of just numbers and um, especially growth. I mean, growth, it's like, like it has negative growth. Um, it doesn't make, it makes sense to me that they're trying these sort of like Hail Mary ideas throwing them out there, seeing if they stick with the community. This one, obviously a terrible one. Um, Beckett, not a company I would personally be investing in. So at that, I feel like we should.
1: Negative growth is bad. Be a grower and not just a shower. Beckett (laughs) is needing to get a life system check and get a check on what they're doing in the marketing department. Like, hello, this just ring, ring, ring. You just made yourself look bad. Pick yeah. up the phone.
0: Yeah, um, would not want to be working for Beckett customer support uh, this week. So prayers. Oh, up you everyone. don't want to be
1: working for PWCC customer support either. I've been given no mercy on them lately.
0: Yeah, what's been going on with your PWCC action?
1: Nothing too crazy, but like you know me, I like to. I've been grinding for some I appeal stickers, which is fun. My my satchel page got a nice little A on it, so that's top thirty percent for the grade. So that's fun. But I sent them some of like my, my Highlanders T two hundred six cards, which like aren't killer cards. But I didn't. I mean, I have them listed on eBay like for like above comps. I'm not that comps mean anything, but like above market, just so that like okay, if someone wants to buy on, they can, and if they don't, then okay, I just keep and have it like I usually do. But I sent them to PWCC just for the stickers, and. It's funny, they gave me a sticker on my PSA2 1966 Mantle, which their insurance, so, so I'm skipping a step. In order to be eligible to get a sticker, you need to be, not only earn it on merit of eye appeal, but also it has to be appraised and worth above $250. $250. My Mantle, PSA2, phenomenal PSA2, probably an exception because it's a Mantle. They gave it a sticker, its insurance value was $170. bucks. I'm like, okay, interesting. I have three, I had four 206 cards, but I had three particularly that last sold on two of them because they're the exact same card. The appraisal value was 225 and 260 when last sold for that grade was $400. And I'm like, hey, can I take a look at this? Like did this not earn it based off merit or did not earn it based off of not being worth over $250? And like, no, it's not worth over two hundred fifty dollars. And I'm like, but these sales are all for three hundred. Why are you not giving me appraisal value for over two fifty? And they're like, yeah, the they said it's final. Sorry. And I'm like, are you are you kidding me? And even more egregiously, I had one card that they appraised at being worth one hundred fifty dollars, and last sold was four hundred. And I'm like, are you telling me that there's that despite these consistent four hundred dollars sales, you're appraising it as one fifty? <laughs> And I'm not even eligible to get my cute little sticker, and they're like, "Yeah, pretty much." And I'm like, "Oh my God, you're you're giving me a reason to dislike you. You don't want to give me a reason to dislike you, or else I'll just keep my little New York Highlanders cards. Obviously, in the case of, I guess Mantles and a much more expensive than $250 card, and like my Satchel Page, okay, that's not a worry. But for cards with a spottier sales history and inconsistencies in availability oh they're they will just pick a rabbit out of a hat as to what your appraisal value is and then knock it 40 percent of what it's worth so that was a little bit of annoyance and i wanted just wanted to get my cute little stickers
0: yeah i mean that seems ridiculous that they're so inconsistent with their official policy is that like on their website and stuff like we will only get a sticker if it's over 250 bucks i mean seems absolutely ridiculous to me that
1: that that makes sense just because it's like Look, you can't be great. You can't be eye appeal sickering every single graded common from 1950s or 1960s tops. That's just a waste of resources and time.
0: Sure. But it's
1: like, okay, from like 1909 tobacco cards that are not only borderline, but are con- exceeding your appraisal value, that just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I will, I do want follow ups on all your, um, PWCCI appeal submission. So make sure to follow up on those, but I want to transition real quick.
1: So my, um, so just to give you a preview of that real quick. Um, I have three items coming in from heritage. Um, I, I think we talked about this last week probably, but I have the Gaudi Ruth foreign one, which is an SMC one. I think that has a shot, I have a T two oh six, sorry, not T two oh six T it's either T two oh two or T two twelve, Hassan triple folder with Christy Mathewson. It's a PSA 4. It looks great. But there's like a tiny little bit of black ink on Christy Matthewson's cheek. It's like tiny, but it's there. So I don't think it gets that based off that. But it's still really cool. In my opinion, it still presents great for a 4. But I could get it. That damages the eye peel. Just like on the Walter Johnson, the blue thing on the, in between the glove. Yeah, everyone knows what I'm talking about.
0: No, how how far into Ken Burns are you right now?
1: I'm still in episode 1. I've been a busy bee. I've been traveling Mm -hmm. the country. Going fair to Facebook. Fair
0: enough.
1: And then the last pickup was the nap Ladiway PSA 3 that was centered. That looked really nice. And I think that has a shot. Also, last aside, and then Tommy, you can talk about your cardboard. I was in a Facebook Dior deal thread, and there was a Nap Ladiway portrait with a Sovereign, or it's either Sovereign or Sovereign. I don't know how to pronounce it, but a Sovereign back, which is an off back that's relatively on the more rare side. And these like old head Facebook groups, some of them are deal or no deal. And someone will just post a card. People just offer in the comments. And I see like there's like a Sovereign back Nap Lodge away PSA three, like same card, same grade, but like different cert that sold in like 2022 for like $3,000. And I saw someone had already made like a $2,300 offer. And I'm like, okay, I want this and maybe I can get it at a good deal. And I'm like, I'm like, do I offer 2,500? I'm like, no, maybe that's a little too strong. I I really want it though. I offered twenty four hundred and then someone right after me offered, went up to me and offered twenty five hundred and the guy took it. So that would have been a feel like a great value play because anything below market, I feel like, is a great value play, especially a that Lagi off back that presents really well. Probably was smart that um that I decided to be hundred bucks short and financially savvy, but man, it, it was a sick card. That's all I can say.
0: Did you know who Napoleon Lagerwey was before you started looking into vintage baseball cards? No. Yeah. He's one of those names of guys of like, if you're an old head and you know baseball history, you know, Napoleon Lagerwey and how dope he was. But if you're like just a normal, casual baseball fan, he's not really like talked about very much outside of. Don't worry. I'm I'm
1: doing my digging. I'm doing my education. I'm trying to learn. I'm going to learn. I'm getting my PhD. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I'm, I love checking in on like what things you've learned while getting your PhD. Um, but transitioning the topic from Napoleon Lajevois to the person that was probably in the news the most over the last week, which is Caitlin Clark. Max, I got an idea or a thought. Just give me a yes or no. It's not going to be, it's not going to be an opinion situation.
1: Not a sports Um, analysis.
0: Not a sports analysis. Um, I think that women's college basketball is something that could really take advantage of the Bowman U license deal, because I think that a lot of times women's college basketball players reach their peak popularity while they're in college or women's basketball players in general, I think sometimes reach their peak popularity while they're in college. Um, Just for the record, Caitlin Clark has an SI kids card, which I do own and recently sold on eBay an SGC eight five for $310. Which is your, a, about,
1: yours in SGC 8? Five,
0: mine is probably not an SG, SGC 8. Five. Um, that card, I, I don't know exactly where it is on the panel of the SA kids, but um, cool card. But she's about to get Bowman U cards, so I will be keeping an eye out on those. Is she actually, yes, she will be in Bowman U. There will be female basketball players in Bowman U this year. Um, for I basketball. think
1: we can discuss about. Actually, no, we can't because we're not a sports analysis podcast. But people discuss about the financials of the WNBA to an extremely tiring extent and how it's not... Some people maintain that it's not very entertaining. In regards to college basketball, in like the mid or early to entering the mid-2010s, like it was just UConn completely dominating women's basketball. And in late 2010s, early 20s, Now we have other programs where, okay, South Carolina is putting it up every year and there's more diversity in the teams that actually make it to the finals. Of course, the favorites are usually prevailing and there's way fewer upsets than there is in the men's side, but um, college, March Madness was incredibly interesting on the women's side this year. I definitely was following it more than the men's side just because my my bracket got busted early and then I stopped caring, but yeah. at least there's some interesting storylines on the women's side that made it interesting and fun. And Caitlin Clark was the star of March.
0: And yes, I agree with that. And I think that's something that I wanted to bring up is that I never once saw a Bowman U or a college basketball card sale brought up with any of the players that were playing in the tournament, even though a lot of the players in the tournament do have cards out there already. Um, but I did hear about the Caitlin Clark spike. So Gives me an optimism for the future of college basketball cards, but really only on the women's side, I think, because that's where we saw actual market response to performance, which um, was, you know, totally due. I think, you know, when I got back into collecting in 2019, 2020, there was a huge um, rush for Sabrina Ionescu cards. Um, and there's been some b- pretty big sales, I think a five-figure sale even for one of her cards. Um, I think Caitlin Clark, ceiling is higher than hers sabrina Ionescu. so interesting to see if maybe she sets some records in um rookie card sales i know she has another year of college so it would be interesting to see if the caitlin clark super gets pulled early what that sells for um kind of could shift the market for women's basketball cards so keep an eye on that um just wanted to make that anecdote real quick but um i have a question for you max about some a topic that's near and dear to the top near and dear to the hearts of our listeners, which is Jersey number serial numbering, but it's not about serial numbering. I wanted to get your thoughts. I bought a clay Thompson rookie card. It's numbered out of 25. It's, an auto- it's a sticker auto. Someone did not put that. It was an autograph in this listing. I got it for 150 bucks. I wanted to buy someone nice before the playoffs and for getting the new job and just treat myself a little bit. So this is the uh, say mark of brilliance, clay Thompson sticker auto, but I don't, it takes a lot to get me to pay over a hundred bucks for any sort of card, even an out of twenty-five Clay Thompson autographed rookie card. But I decided it was worth it for one reason and one reason only, and that is because the card itself is number eleven on the checklist. So it's a card number eleven. I looked it up. He does not have many cards that are number eleven on any checklist across the years of all across the years. So my question for you, Max, is: Is there a premium? that deserves to be paid for cards where the set number is the same as the jersey number
1: no but it's cool like even i'm thinking this year julio rodriguez's update is us 44 and his jersey number is 44 it's a nice little touch and homage that they do to uh to good players and um it's like the tradition that or not completely like the tradition, but this is uh, our podcast and in this sentence, my podcast so my rules, how uh, tops would always give number seven in the checklist to a Yankee. And then they stopped doing that in about 2018, even though Clint Frazier would have been the perfect candidate. Why you, did you not know that?
0: I did not know that.
1: Yes. For several years. I don't know when it started and when it ended. I want to say it ended in 2018, but number seven, was always a Yankee.
0: That's cool. I know that they do kind of like a announcement about who's number one on the checklist, and that's always like a special guy that is, you know, face of baseball is kind of the idea yeah. with card number one. Number one,
1: one is, a, is a big deal, and that's cool.
0: Um, but um, I, I don't see that mentioned in like the post-release market very often, like, oh, this is card number one, you should care about this or whatever. Like, I, I don't see that really ever. Um, oh,
1: wait. Just kidding. Um, Clint Frazier was number seven in the checklist for 2018. 2019, it was Gleyber Torres and his rookie cup. 2020, oh, yeah. it was Aaron Judge. And was 2021 the year that it stopped? Yes. 2021 was the year that it stopped. And it's with the dab on him combo card in 2021 tops
0: disrespectful um i i kind of like weird stuff like that though um set builders out there if you have any weird thoughts for us or or like weird facts about card numbering set numbering that's not really something we've ever talked about but just wanted to throw it out there max i bought a card sort of because it was the jersey number set number um no that that
1: adds to it that makes it cool
0: yeah, I think it makes it cool too. So I'm excited about that one. Gonna we'll put it in a nice little one touch to fuck with you a little bit. Uh, excited no, about that card. Enjoy car. it
1: and display it in the one touch.
0: Enjoy. I will enjoy it, and I want to have one quick thought for you, Max. Another. I'm just. This is going to be an unstructured pod this week. I don't know what to tell people. This is. I got a lot yeah. of random thoughts this week. You got a lot of random thoughts. I think so too. Boxes, of yeah.
1: systemic thoughts.
0: Why are red optic cards so cheap? Why does no one give a fuck when it's red Red out of 99? Yes. And then they make... All right. That's just my general thought. Tops, red refractors out of five. Huge demand for that card. People love red refractors out of five. They do not care about green out of 99. Panini goes, oh, we're going to flip those two. We're going to make people care about green out of five. Guess what? No one... People just don't care about green. No one cares. So keep it... Red out of five is way better. That's just... Do you
1: have any thoughts yeah. on that? I mean, it's funny how the gold out of 10s outsell the green out of fives.
0: Yeah, that's... Like, I think of I saw the cards. To
1: lime, lime green optics,
0: <laughs> which
1: is also similarly numbered to the red out of 99s. I just feel very worried about entering into optic parallels because it's not prism where people care about them. And the lime green's kind of ugly and they're tough to gem. And I know I'm speaking from a flipper or whatever viewpoint, but like Optic has been tough recently. And the entry point for most rated rookie autos for Optic is just a few hundred bucks. And the numbered parallels from Optic flirt with the price of a base auto. And this is a rare point, but I'm rare time I'm going to say this opinion. Rare point where it's true, but give me the card with the player's name written on it.
0: Usually, this is an anti-player writes his name on the card podcast, but I'll allow it for this specific case because I don't know. I was just reflecting on Optic and Donruss this week and how people always are giving us, giving me this tops, tops, Chrome bullshit comparison, and I just, It's just not there, man. Like Optic. They tr- I feel like they tried. I think there is a, there is a 2020, like, oh, 2016 optics, first year optic. People will care about that in 20 years. No, they won't. They won't.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, they won't. They won't. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> I just, I just think optics is going to be like the first product cut if Panini is bought by Tops. It's just like, we, we don't need another Chromium. And it
1: goes back to our existential crisis. What is flagship basketball?
0: We've talked about that very much. Go listen to the last episodes. But Max, we didn't really talk about Mint Collective beyond the Becker thing. Do you? We had a little exchange. You want you sometimes get a little FOMO about these sort of industry events. I think a little bit sometimes. Sometimes Is
1: it because I secretly want to be big card.
0: Is it because you secretly want to be big card? I don't know. Um, I know that. If I had a choice, I would have wanted to go to Chantilly this weekend because that's where the cards were. Um, You You know
1: what? There were a lot of cards. I have never seen a show like this in my entire life with near zero value boxes. There were almost no value boxes. What? And that there were value boxes. It was like, okay, I just opened like a box of tops and here's all the base that I'm shoving in. I've never seen a. I know usually there's a correlation between like the better the better the show is, the worse the value boxes are. But maybe the value boxes were non-existent in, in Chantilly. I've never seen it like this before.
0: That's crazy. We I actually
1: like, I bought like ten cards the entire show.
0: Yeah, give me the rundown. We didn't even talk about Chantilly. We jumped right into Beckett. What, what? Oh yeah, I was in
1: Chantilly, Virginia this weekend, and what? I
0: bought baseball cards. How'd it go though? What was the vibes?
1: Um, vibes were like vibes were local people and people within a three hour driving radius. So not local, but like, if you drew, if you were drivable to it, you probably went,
0: yeah, Yeah. similar to the Chicago. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. Like people from Michigan and Wisconsin, whatever, go to Chicago, you know, just similar sort of radius with Chantilly. Mm -hmm. And there were a few others that flew out that all kind of go to bigger shows. I don't want to name drop because then would be like weird saying, "Oh, I got like with this guy, but like there were some people that like, I would have expected to go to mint, but instead opted for Chantilly with the guys that Chantilly is a card show. There is buying and selling of cards here. And for some of these specific people, I want to make money. I'm going to buy and sell more cards in Chantilly than the, you know, wine and dine and schmooze and kissing and, Mint in Las Vegas. So I'm glad that I went to the card show and not the card carnival.
0: Yes. Although, and like, I want to make,
1: although, although frankly, the card carnival did seem kind of fun. Like I'm not, I wasn't there, but like the whatnot booth had like, you know, those bars that you grab them and then they turn. Yeah. So like the hack that I've always seen on YouTube is that you're supposed to start like with your triceps. And then you, once you know those get tired, you then drop down and go to your biceps yeah. And I have like been waiting for like two to three years to see if this was accurate. And that if I could win the prize for holding on the bar for over a minute or over 90 seconds, whatever it is. So the fact that this was at Mint collective and I missed it and it was card related. Bothers me because I would have wanted to do that and see if my theory that I saw on YouTube was correct. But regardless, I went to the card show and I bought cards
0: um before yeah, you, we I ask you what cards you bought and we get yeah. into the, a few fun fun sales talk about, sales let's talk about the sure I wasn't at. before that though okay before I want to maybe start beef and make a promise to our listeners which is if me and Max ever go to an sh- a industry conference like Mint Collective and we are given packs like Panini does where you get these pink out of 10 serial numbered cards that everyone who goes to the Mint Collective gets a pack, they open it, they get one of these pink select parallel cards exclusive to the Mint. I want to promise that if we don't want the cards that we get in the packs, that we will give them out to the people. Because I saw something on Instagram that pissed me off a little bit. And that was a podcast that I'd like to start beef with potentially, Sports Card Nonsense, a terrible podcast. Just one that's not really worth listening to, in my opinion. The guy pulls a Steph Curry pink from a pack, posts it on their thing. Then he goes, I don't want this. Send me offers. Send me offers. And I go, dude, you're going to this conference because people listen to you slash Bill Simmons gave you a bag. You get this pack and you pull a Steph Curry cool card. You probably don't collect it doesn't seem like this guy's too much of a a collector. Um he posted up says, Send me offers. Send me offers, my ass, dude. Come on. Like I first of all you're not even giving a price. You're not even saying, hey, this is up for sale for this. Like I, I respect it. But card content, do better. Um do better with the people. Card Instagram sucks. Stay on stick on Twitter. Um End of my rant. Max, you can clean up my mess if you want to, or else I'm gonna ask you, yeah, what I'm no, doing.
1: I'm sure because I didn't know where you're going, and I didn't know the anecdote at all um, I think offers send me offers and anything is kinda kind of shady, I don't know, I mean, as my uh you can say card brokering or dealing or whatever, but it's like I am the Robin Hood in that you give me your nine ninety nine and I give you. PC card that you didn't know exist that was in Big Mike's dollar box that I had to scour for that he would never, never listed. So that's that. And I, if I'm at Mint Collective, I would, or the equivalent, it's like I am making sure that those cards have public access to those who want it in their binder. Yeah. But um, at first, I thought you were going to say that like he burned a, like he like lit on fire <laughs> a, you know, Grayson Allen fourth year pink coll- mint collective out of 10, <laughs> which I also am not for because that's, yeah, it's your card. You can do whatever you want, but that's for someone's rainbow. Yeah. You even know what rainbows are <laughs> like, uh, hello, it's my job to make sure that person gets it, whether they have to pay a dollar bill or not.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, max, we've come I'd to like,
1: I, I have, I'm a, I'm a card respecter.
0: Yeah. I saw you had that tweet this week that blew up a little bit where you're like the quote i actually look at my cards before i sell them shocked face from pre- other uh card dealer what was yeah. that an anecdote
1: it it was something along those lines that was the intent that was the thesis of it all
0: right what uh what cards did you buy though i know you had a nice little uh a nice little flip that happened relatively quickly you want to give the people that one real quick so i can clip yeah right i had no TikTok. idea
1: what i was doing and a michael jordan auto and a bunch of Michael Jordan autos walked up to my table and they're like, what are you paying? And I'm like, I don't know, 80 to 85%. He's like, okay, cool. And then we had a long tooth and nail negotiation. It's like, oh, an eight, five with a 10 auto did this. Yours is a nine, five min gem with a nine auto. I know the nine auto sucks and people hate it. It's like, what are we doing here? I don't know. It's like, I made a very strong offer. He wanted 100 200 bucks more i'm like no and i eventually got my price and then i'm like i have no idea what to do with this i don't know this market so i sold it to a buddy who does deal with michael jordan autos a lot and he gashed me out and he's probably gonna make more money than i because i like to eat the pie like some do- people just want their piece of the pie i want to eat the pie but it was how a much lot did you profit?
0: Off. how quick was the turnaround
1: um, Paid four grand, sold it for 4500
0: In 30 minutes?
1: Yes. Covered my expenses for the trip.
0: That's sweet. In one um, deal. So that was nice. Was, you forgot to mention that it was also a Dr. J dual auto, which I think definitely... Did I not say it was it. a
1: Michael Jordan joy serving dual auto? You
0: did not say that.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, what was that?
0: And mean, I will say that my dad, big fan of early NBA basketball, thinks Dr. J is like a god, so
1: yeah like i have like the the story in my family where like my grandfather gave my dad um dr j auto when he was a kid and just got lost somewhere damn. or it's like my great-grandfather gave it to my grandfather or something well no that wouldn't make as much sense but
0: our our ki- our grandkids will be like damn Damn! Yeah, I, I need Tom, that Carmelo
1: Anthony auto. He, I need that Clay Thompson auto.
0: <laughs> he has an out of twenty five sticker, Clay Thompson auto. I can't even believe it. Like, where did that go? <laughs> and it's jersey set number. Jersey set number. Um, cool. That was the one I wanted you to talk about. But Ooh, I bought some um, cards. We have, we, have we have some breaking news. We have, we, have some breaking, ah, we have some breaking news.
1: Shams Charania tweeted eight minutes ago. I'm going to read the tweet out here. Fun development. Fanatics is launching basketball cards under its Tops brand beginning with the 2023 to 24 NBA season, industry sources say.
0: Really so we cool. have our answer. We're going to get
1: our flagship Tops, our oh, flagship yeah, no, basketball.
0: Shams what? is reporting that? That's Shams just reported that. All right. It's I, Shams. Will say, I will say that like I feel like the biggest takeaway from the boom of like the last few years is that tops basketball cards are here for the long run in terms of like those are the sickest cards the market has decided that in terms of like that era even like at large like cards that are always getting searched for on ebay i always see bids you're always even random role players like basketball panini has never gotten collectors to care about normal guy cards really at all like In any capacity, I really feel like, um, top chrome refractors, people care about those things still to this day, Um, no no matter who they are. I was listing
1: like some gold refractors from a lot I bought. I had a Traquan Smith Prism Gold from who was on the New Orleans Saints and I had a Dennis Schroeder, Oklahoma City Thunder Select Gold out of 10. And I'm like, okay, wow. I know some people are really big on gold out of 10s. And I'm like, oh, these are like 30 to 40 bucks if lightning strikes. It's like if these were like the out of 10 equivalents of Topps Chrome from like 2004, they'd go nutty.
0: Yeah, like 2003, 2004 Topps Chrome Golds, even they were out in 99, I think, those years maybe. Um, Those things go for an insane premium compared to any other things that are happening nowadays. So love to see that. Love to see Shams reporting on it. Interesting. I think, you know, these things are going to be more mainstream. I guess we'll we'll get some woge bombs sometimes.
1: We have something that we also didn't talk about.
0: Did we never talk about the MLB debut patches? You just took the words out of my mouth. Did we never talk about those? Holy fuck.
1: We we never talked about this.
0: Damn, that was the biggest news of Mint. I guess we got to spend a few minutes on this because everyone's sucking off fanatics saying that this is the best thing they've ever done. This is going to change things. Sucking
1: off her Tommy Vaughn.
0: Come on. Everyone knows that this is just a jerk off fest. Like, come on. No, yeah. like there's going to be three people that care about these. Jerk hobbies. off fest. <laughs> and, this, and is, a big... this
1: is such graphic language you're using. <laughs> Cause it's so much penises.
0: Off. This is Cause everyone hit me up. I'm very at, like, this I've is been, a podcast, like, not a penis fest. I've been vocal that I'm skeptical that Ruben will be able to grow the hobby 10X. And everyone, yeah. everyone tweeted at me like, Tommy, this has got to be worth something. This is cool. Like, you got to give Ruben credit for this idea. And I'm like, dude, do I? They're going to bungle it. It's going to be put in a product like Definitive or Origins or some nonsense that no one cares about. Like, I know Origins is not a Topps product. They have an equivalent that I don't know what it's called right now. But
1: I'm trying to think of, like, the worst possible product to put a one of one MLB debut patch. Probably Tops now would be the worst, but they're going to make it pack pullable right? I
0: Dynasty think. would
1: be sick. Dynasty yep. would be so sick.
0: If that that could make people care about Dynasty, I don't really want them to be, but they're not gonna grow the hobby 10X by investing in Dynasty. That's just not gonna happen in No, life. but I mean the, the MLB debut patch. And, and an OG, an OG young old heads debate was why does no one care about logo men in baseball? I think that this was is, OG. I think this is their play on that. Um try to get people to care about um this patch, whatever. Uh, I think it. I will be annoyed the first time it's a debut patch from the previous season in the next year's product. Um, I think there will be fun arguments to be had in the future when guys who are so unheralded at the time of debut, as we often talk about, which we like about rookie cards, so unheralded that they don't even get that debut patch and don't have that card, I think will add a fun wrinkle to the whole collecting yeah. world. But this is only impacting five to 10 people in the world. so. I, really I got to Google, does Ellie De La Cruz have minor league cards? He definitely does. Everyone does. If yeah, I'm users. trying to
1: think, because I made me think, okay, judge catching ball 2017, and that made me, like, throw back to myself saying, oh, okay, 2014 selfie, Charleston River Dogs card, elite, elite card, but I'm like, is that just, like, a thing of the 2013s? Do people care anymore? Do they have wacky selfie cards like that? Can I get a minor league card
0: of throwing Ched? Throwing Chet has Cal State Northridge cards. We talked about this. He's on Comsie. I didn't
1: even know he was at. Wait, he went to San Diego State.
0: I think he transferred. He didn't. He make transferred post grad. He post grad transferred to. Cal oh State.
1: my god! Yes, you're right. You're right.
0: Come on, throwing Chad. Everyone knows throwing Chad. Listen to that episode if you want a cool uh, baseball player perspective on the hobby and everything. Um, one of my favorite guests yeah. we've had on. Must
1: ask me a question. Yeah.
0: Um. He just said, yeah, shout out during Ched. Um, but vintage ball nowhere. You I have
1: also pass nowhere as well.
0: Do you have any final thoughts on this whole debut patch thing? Distribution will be key. Distribution will be key. I don't care until I hear about distribution. I also just think like, if it's tops now. It's not gonna be tops.
1: I'm a. I literally am a tops now one of one owner. Actually, no former owner. I just shipped it out today.
0: Yeah. Wait. What happened? Tell the people. Um.
1: I got, bought a twenty pack. I bought a. I bought a few twenty packs. Um, from the tops now World Baseball Classic, and they had a few cards. And I bought a twenty pack of Mike Trout. It was one of him screaming, I think. And I hit the one of one. I always like. So this is what i do so it used to be that like the invoice sheet that they give you in the tops now package spoils like if you hit a parallel or not and but what i usually do is i open up the because i get 20 because it's fucking fun i open it up i start counting they I think they usually now see them in the back it used to be random it used to be like it used to either be like second card would be when the parallel was but i think now it's more towards the back I would go and I'd start counting the cards like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then it's like, then I get to the end. It's like, you know, 17 or 18 or whatever. And it's like, okay, did they give me an extra base card? Cause I've had that happen before. Or am I getting lucky? And then I like, I got to the last card. I was like in my kitchen, like my, my jaw, you know, I, I didn't make any audible noise, but like, I just kept my mouth open. I was like, and then I, like I went downstairs to my basement and like got a photo of it and made it look nice. And then I, I was very excited. I also had an out of 49 of a different trout, which is cool.
0: How do you, do you feel comfortable revealing how much you got? You sold the one one for
1: it was, I think $450, $440, something like nice. that.
0: So and work. that was like,
1: I think like the normal trout ones, you like 200 or so, 250 or so. And then like, i added a little tax for world baseball classic and that was like you you know i'm a i'm a hard baller you know it's like i did not i don't like selling my pack fold one-of-ones anyway but also at the same time it would have been irresponsible to myself to not capitalize on world baseball classic hype while it was still there yeah so i felt like i made a strong decision i felt like some people told me, oh, you could get a thousand for a drought one of one. I'm like, the, the road to opening day, like one of one autos do like a thousand. Like, pump the brakes. It's tops now. No one cares.
0: So I bought a card that was yeah. a direct from tops card from 2019 this week and went for more than I was expecting. Um, found it just because I was doing a Buster Posey auctions ending soonest little uh, binge. And I wanted to get your thoughts on what, I haven't done less research on this type of product, but I know Throwback, Throwback Thursday, TBT, it's a Throwback Thursday, it is Buster Posey and Clayton Kershaw, it's a division matchups, I think this is like a 1961 Tops design, like, this is a super clean, so I don't, I've never seen really many Clayton Kershaw Buster Posey cards. Um, That
1: is, that's, that's cool.
0: Isn't this sick? So I got this for 20 bucks, but there was someone bidding against me um and the print run i think it was like 439. what year 2019. that's cool so weird little like thing about how tops like on-demand cards generally i'm skeptical of i very rarely like purchase them for myself um like up front i do kind of do it for panini instant sometimes because not many people know about that and i like upper deck E-pass yeah i gotta see my eyes on
1: panini instant more but it's just like they don't drop cards often and they usually are boring
0: yeah they're mostly boring but they actually have some of the best images i think that they use when they hit um they don't hit often but when they hit they hit um and this card the buster posey clean kershaw card i just was like that's the sort of weird thing that like those are what that's what i'm looking for in a instant on-demand product is like this kind of weird stuff that you don't see often. Buster Posey and Claim Kershaw yeah. on one card. You don't see that very often. Um, you won't really see that in packs at least. Um, so, cool card I bought on eBay this week. That's it. You got a final card you wanna talk about, Max, before we depart?
1: Um, I bought some really cool stuff in Chantilly.
0: Can you- like list I have... Not super fast. What? Can you list off things that you bought in Chantilly real quick?
1: Uh BGS top four that come to mind, and I only bought like ten cards anyway, was um Becca five, True Gen Plus. Out ironically, before the before the we're getting rid of this 9-5 stuff. We're, we're getting rid of we're scrapping the restructure. Um 2017 Tops Heritage Aaron Judge. PSA two, 1952 Tops Hank Aaron. Sorry, I suck. 1954 Tops Hank Aaron. PSA two. That they got my twos mixed up. Um, PSA one, 1949 Bowman, Jackie Robinson, PSA one, um, and PSA 10, Mike Trout, gold refractor, 2020 tops, chrome, nice. cool card. And he as the, it, I mean, I saw gold refractor PSA 10 in the wild, whatever price I get it at is a steal, I'm probably going to put it online just for like the flipper price kind of, but it's like, yeah, if you want it, you got to give me the bread. Cause it's a, it's a sick card. Yeah. And the last one honorable mention 2016 Tristar Prospects Clayton Kershaw
0: Sticker Auto PSA 10. 2006. 2006 prospect. Tristar is a weird product. Um that in razor 2008 another weird one. Uh if you're interested in looking into weird prospect sets. Max, this has been a fun one. Very weird, very unstructured. Um A lot of good thoughts, though. think people will have learned something. I learned about the number seven mantle thing. Um, People, it's a big week of cards. Big week of cards. Next week, another big week of cards. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the impacts of not the actual action, but the impacts of playoff basketball on on your flipping life and baseball season starting up, seeing what's going on with uh, that. I'm going to go enter my home run challenge cards that I got in my series. Oh, that sounds so much fun. Yes. One more challenge is so great. That's a good investment. Good things that that tops us. But Max, it was fun. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, baseball card's good. Peace, peace.